Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. Earlier this year, I was going back to New Zealand, and I had a couple of the guys from here come with me, and, and I saw them wrapping those bags, you know how they like glad wrap them, and I, I thought it was so for people who can't close it. Apparently, it's not the case. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, hey, this uh, today we're starting as I said, a new series called Travel Light, and it's amazing how for every one of us we pick up things along our journey of life. We pick things up that we're never meant to carry. We pick hurt, we pick pain, disappointments, and we carry that. Uh, and God has not intended us to carry that stuff. He's intended us to travel light, to be able to live life without carrying that load that ultimately He wants to take from us. And we're going to be looking at that over these coming weeks so that we can travel light and walk out the God call that is upon each and every one of our life. Amen. But this morning, I want to talk about letting go of stuff. Who here likes stuff? Who here has lots of stuff? Who here wants more stuff? I'm talking about like the things that you can buy, like, you know, I want more clothes, I want more food, I want more shoes, you know, whatever that kind of stuff is. Well, that's what we're talking about today. Key thought, it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. I think for me personally, I can easily live life carrying more of what doesn't matter. Whereas God would like us to lay aside and let go of the stuff that has no eternal value, that ultimately can't change our life, that ultimately doesn't matter, so that we can carry more of what does. And that is the challenge for every one of us. We live in a society that is more and more where culture were telling us the more we have, the better we are. The greater our bank balance, the better off we are. The more, the bigger your house, the more cars that you can drive then life will be good for you and you'll be happy, but yet you can have the most amount of money, you can be the richest person on the face of the earth, but that will not bring happiness. That will not bring fulfillment. We may think it will, but it won't. You see plenty of rich people whose lives are an absolute mess. Why? Because the stuff of this world will ultimately not fulfill the void that only God can fulfill. But yet we often want to chase and grab a hold of more and more stuff because that's what society and that's what culture will tell us is good and is normal. But yet we want to talk about that this morning. Even when we look back at time, we look at Adam and Eve, right? God created Adam and he said, it is good, but it is better. You need a mate. So he created woman and, and together they were you know, able to hang out in this amazing place that God had created for them. A place where there was no sickness, a place where there was no sin, a place where they were able to live all natural. And, and it was an awesome place. He said, you can eat of, of all this, every tree that I have, all of the fruit that I have laid out before you, you can just go hard as much as you want. Doesn't that sound awesome? He says, though, but there's this one tree that you can't eat of. Just one tree. One tree in the whole garden of goodness that you can't take from. You think that'd be easy. Right, what happens? We know the story. The serpent comes up and, 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 and tries to, you know, deceives them and says, no, no, there's no way God there's no way God truly intended for you not to eat of this tree. There's no way God would say that. Come on, he's just, he's just playing with you. You'll be right. Take a bite of the apple. You'll be fine. And that's where the lie begins. What you don't have, you think you need. What we don't have, we think we need. And we think that more is always better. 
But it's not the case. You see, we can have $10, and instead of being happy with $10, we think that $20 will be better. You might say it will be better, and it probably will be, but it won't bring fulfillment to your life if you have $20 instead of $10. What about if you got last year's iPhone, you think last year's iPhone was awesome, but this year's iPhone will be better. I have a problem. Whenever I travel overseas, I buy economy class because, you know, that's all I can afford. And my problem is this, is that every time I walk up, like, I'm excited to go away. I'm excited about the holiday. I'm excited about going to a different country. I'm excited about jumping on the plane, even though it's cattle class and the food is not that great and the, you know, leg room is pretty average, but at least I have a screen in front of me. But you see, the issue that I have is this, is that the airlines will always make me walk through business class to get to the cattle class because they're forcing me to think that business class is better. And I'm sure it is. <laughs> However, the problem is, is it makes me angry. I realize what I'm missing out on. I realize that actually I'm destined to sit in business class, not economy class, and I claim it in the name of Jesus, but yet nothing happens. I even rebuke the person sitting in that seat, get out of my seat in Jesus' name, and they don't move. I actually nearly get escorted off the plane. You know, hey, we're called to take authority in the name of Jesus, cast out devils, claim your promise that God has for you. It hasn't worked. Economy's good. Instead of enjoying the fact that I get to go on holiday, I think business class will be better, and so therefore, I want more. How about when you go shopping? I've done this. Go grocery shopping on, a, on an empty stomach. One trolley's good. When you're on an empty stomach, st- stomach, empty stomach, two trolleys is better. <laughs> Amen. How many times have I walked out, babe, right, of a supermarket or gone to like a fast food joint and I'm hungry and I just order way too much or I buy way too much just because my stomach's empty, right? We always think more is better. What about this bowl of M&Ms? Who likes M&Ms? Who wants one? I'll put my hand all through it in the last two services, so you probably don't. (laughs) However, if I was to say to you, here's a bowl of M&Ms, you can take one. Actually, look, let me be generous to you. Let me give you a handful. You'd be like, Steve, one's good, a handful's good, but the whole bowl is better, right? Uh Uh-huh. I will down that whole bowl. You give me a chance, you give me an opportunity, you turn your eye for a minute, that bowl is gone, M&Ms and the bowl, the whole lot, gone. (laughs) Taking it all out. Because we think better is, more is better. Ecclesiastes verse 4 to 6 says, And yet, better to have one handful than two handfuls while working hard and chasing the wind. In other words, better to be happy with what you have instead of trying to have our two hands full of stuff that brings no life, that has no eternal value, instead of chasing after things that we could never find happiness, that would never bring fulfillment to our life, less of what doesn't matter, more of what does. Why? Because our life is too important, our God calling is too great, our time is too short, and our God is too good to be chasing after stuff that has no eternal value. You see, all of us are called to be in relationship with God. All of us are called to impact the world around us. That means that we would follow after the things that matter to Him. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. In other words, focus on things 
that are eternal. Focus on the things of God. Focus on the things that can add value to your life. Focus on keeping Jesus in the center of your life. Focus on chasing after Him instead of chasing after what the world would offer you. And then, and then you'll find fulfillment and then you'll have everything that we need. But we often flip it around and we chase the things of the world and then we attach God to it and we wonder why we don't see the blessing that God would have for our life. When we fill our life with what matters to God, then God's favour will change your life. But we've got to first fill our life with what matters to God. Luke 12, 13 to 15 says, Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. That's a challenge right there. That's a great passage right there. When God, when Jesus makes that statement, beware, we should pay attention. When Jesus speaks, we should pay attention. But when Jesus says something like, beware, guard yourself, He is reminding us that there is a trap before us. There is a plan and a strategy of the enemy to take us out. And what is that? Greed. What is that? Chasing after the wind, chasing after things that will add no eternal value, thinking that what we own will actually bring fulfillment when that is not the case at all. See, temptation is always a temptation. There's always a temptation to want more. There's always a temptation to try and hold on to what we have, but yet God says, would we choose to be someone who would let go of what we have so we can receive more? See, ultimately, we can't take our possessions with us when we go to be with our Father. That stuff will add no value to our lives. What does matter is our relationship with God. We're not defined by what you have, you are defined by who has you. You're not defined by how big your bank balance is. You're not defined by how great your cars are, how amazing your house is. You're defined by who has you. So who has you this morning? Is it God? Is it the call of God? Or is it the love of what the world would offer? Is it the lure of what the world would offer? Is it the lure of what people would say that you've made it when you have this? But no, I want to say this morning, you've made it when you have a relationship with God and when you have Him right in the center of that because it's only then you can find fulfillment and walk out all that He has for you. The thing I love about God is this, is that I truly do not believe that God has called us as Christians to live a impoverished life. I don't believe that God has called us that you're only a Christian when your bank balance is at zero, when you live in a you know, rubbish house when you've got no car and you have to beg for rides. I don't believe God works that way. I believe God is a God of blessing. I believe God is a God where He wants His people to prosper, where He wants us to live a blessed life, where He wants us to have nice things. See, that, that, that's awesome. God wants that for us. And man, I claim it all the time. God bless my life. Bless our finances, bless our marriage, bless our kids. Allow us to have a good house, to be able to live in a good area, to be able to have a good car that's reliable and that works. I want that for my life. But the issue is, is when that has control of your life, when that is ruling your life, when that is ahead of the place that God wants to be, then that is the issue. That is the, that is the moment when that's actually been switched around the wrong way, when God should be at the center. God should be the one that our eyes are fixated on, not on what the world offers. 
And it's easy to get that mixed up. It's easy to be chasing after that stuff, thinking that God is in the center, but yet that is actually in the center because our motives are driven by that. Because our decisions are driven by this instead of what God would say. There's a rich young ruler in the Bible. It's found in Mark 10, verse 17 to 27. He was a young man. He was an up-and-coming leader. He had, he had a whole bunch of good stuff. He had lots of stuff. In our terms, he's probably pretty well off. And he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, know the commandments and obey them. Do not lie, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, so on. And the young ruler says in verse 20 to 22, he says, teacher, the man replied, I have obeyed all of these commands since I was young. He was expecting Jesus to say, awesome man, well done. Away you go, you have eternal life. But Jesus says, looking, looking at him, says that he found genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad and he had, because he had many possessions. You see, the possessions wasn't the young ruler's issue. The issue was that the possessions had him. The issue was that, there was that the possessions controlled him, that the possessions were the most important thing in his life, which that's why he was sad when Jesus said that you let, let that stuff go and then come and follow me. Jesus is not asking us this morning to sell all of your stuff, but he's asking us, would we make sure that our stuff is not controlling our life, that our stuff is not sitting in the place where Jesus should be sitting, that actually Jesus would be there and have that stuff just be an add-on to your life. You see, God has called us to live a blessed life, but only when we are able to be a blessing with what we have, it's then that we will position ourselves for more. We wanna hold on, but God says, give out. We wanna keep, because we would have more, but God says, release what you have, releasing the blessing that I've given you so, so then others can actually be blessed too. And that's how we get more. The more you hold on, that's awesome. That's all you have. If you want more, be a blessing. Three ways to live a one handful life. Not two, one. Anyone want those M&Ms? No. <laughs> it is mess mad in my hands. First thing is this. How about we throw out stuff that we don't use anymore? This one's a practical one. I've got a question for us. How many of us cannot drive our car into our garage? Not because we don't have a garage. We have no space in the garage, a garage is created to put cars in, not all your junk. <laughs> we were driving past, uh, pulling into our house the other day, and, and uh, we've got our neighbours that are across the road from us. Our road's not massively wide uh, where our garage is, and, and so they always park their cars on the road. I've always wondered why. Anyway, this day, a couple of weeks ago, we were driving in, and, and I looked across, the, both garage doors open. I said to Alice, look, babe, look at the garage. No joke. Floor to ceiling, wall to wall. You open the garage, it's got like just one path just to get a skinny ass person in there and that's it. It's like, how do you even get to the stuff at the back? How do you even know what's in there because you can't get to it? It's like, what kind of life is that? How about we actually look at what we have and what we don't use and we just get rid of some of that stuff? Al will often tell me, baby, you got too many clothes. Her wardrobe's like this big, my wardrobe's like this big. And she'd be like, when you buy a new shirt, get rid of one. Give it away. I'm like, give it away? What are you talking? Get behind me, Satan. Give it away? There's the devil talking right now, woman. 
She's like, you're never going to wear it. One day, I might wear it. One day never comes. A year later, I still haven't worn it. I still want to hold on to it. It's got sentimental value attached. Great. Create some more value with a different shirt. Uh, shirt. Create some more memories with a new one. Get rid of that one. It's clogging up some space. How about who, who's, who here's got, they've got their skinny shirt, right? Their, their gold weight shirt. All right, it's on the wall in a frame. One day, when I get to my gold weight, I'm going to wear that bad boy. Problem is you're going to have to get out of the frame because it's been sitting in the frame for years. All right? Hey, get rid of that. When you enter your, <laughs> this is an antique. When you enter your gold weight, how about you bless yourself and go and buy a new shirt? Uh-huh. Come on now. How about we declutter? How about we throw out some stuff? I actually think, when, in a practical sense, when we throw out things that we don't use, it actually enables us, in the practical sense, to get rid of and create more room. But it also then, why don't we then take a look at ourselves and say, what are the things that we personally are holding on to that we need to get rid of? Because you see, sometimes we can hold on to stuff because it reminds us of the past, but you're God saying, would you let go of the past? And when you get rid of the stuff, you'll be able to deal with the past that is actually holding you back. Instead, we want to hold on to it because it reminds us of the way it used to be. It has some value to it. I remember when he did this to me and I want to hold on to this as a reminder. I never want to get back in that type of relationship again. Let go of the stuff. Get rid of that stuff so that God can deal internally with what is going on. Second thing is to live a one handful life. How about we buy less? Ooh, it's a challenge at Christmas time, isn't it? I can shop with the best of them. I'm telling you, I can shop you all out of town. Right? I can go all day. I'm the guy that I actually take my wife shopping. I pick her clothes. I don't try them on for her. She does that. But I'm like, come on, babe, let's go. We can keep going. Like, oh, I don't want to try anymore. I'm like, babe, does it look really good? Try it on. Okay, fine. I'll go to the men's section. I'll try on all the clothes then. You just you might as well try on while I'm trying on. All right? She'll walk away with one bag. I'll walk away hands full. I love it. But how about we shop less? Studies have been done. 62% of people admitted to shopping to cheer themselves up to make them feel better. Shopping and spending money will not medicate, will not fix hurt and pain that we're carrying. For many of us, we'll buy to keep up with trends that are changing every few months. We'll spend money that we don't have, we'll tick things up, and we'll put things on HP, we'll hire purchase, we'll put it on our credit card and worry about it later. Some of us, we buy for people's approval, and we don't even like those people. Mm -hmm. Some of us shop to medicate. Come on, I want to declare this morning, would we run to Jesus instead of Westfields? Would we invest into the kingdom of God instead of investing into the kingdom of Westfields? Would we look to Jesus to be the one to help us through instead of medicating through what we can purchase? God challenged me a few years ago about you know, my need to shop and, and how what was attached to that wasn't healthy. And he really challenged me about that. Would you not, it's okay to shop, it's all good to go and buy some cool stuff. But when that is in replacement of running to Jesus, then again, that's where the problem lies. And God challenged me on that. The other thing he challenged me on is would I have the ability to be patient? Patience is not, a, it's not a strength of mine, I'm telling you. I can admit it before you all. If I want it, I want it now. I want to go and buy it. But same thing, if God speaks to me about something, I want it to happen now. I had a prophetic word years ago that God will show you stuff, but yet your problem is, is you want to run ahead of God's timing. And so God has been challenging me about that whole thing. And shopping for me was one thing that I just had to lay a hold of and just sometimes let that go and just choose to wait. 
Third thing is this, would we choose to give more? Generosity is an outward expression of something that is built internally. I don't believe we can truly be generous unless we've built that characteristic on the inside of us. It's gotta be something that we value. It's gotta be something that we desire. It's gotta be a part of who we are, not something we just try and turn on and off. It has to be a lifestyle. A lifestyle of giving more. A lifestyle of generosity. The more you give, the more you'll be blessed. God has spoken to us at times, me and Al, about would we be generous with what we have in seasons where we're living at our tightest. Where we didn't have the financial ability to be able to give, but yet God spoke it, so we just gave anyway. And I can honestly say God has been faithful every time. Every time. We've never gone without food. Our bank balance has never been to the point where we haven't been able to pay a bill, even though sometimes we've had to pray and declare and petition heaven and and all that, but then God has come through every time. Every time. You know what? When we live a give more life, when we go to our homes and we look at what we don't use anymore, how about instead of throwing it out or trying to sell it, how about my challenge to us would be, would we just take a moment to ask God, what would you have me do with this? Because God may put someone on your heart that He wants you to bless, who's in greater need. I'm not talking about blessing them with your junk. Mm-hmm. Steve said, go away and bless you. Hey, I want to bless you with this. It doesn't even work. <laughs> no, no, bless. You would have stuff that we don't use. That's still a value. That could be a blessing to someone's life. When we declutter, when we clean out, and we ask God to speak to us about being generous with what, but Steve, what if, I might mean, it might, I might be able to get a thousand bucks for this. Awesome. Hey, how about you bless somebody with it if God tells you to, not because I said, if God says, watch what He'll do. He'll give you way more, way more than what that could ever sell for because He's that kind of God. But when we spend less, you know, the other thing, if we want to have a give more attitude, when we spend less, we now have a seed that the moment God speaks, we can sow into somebody else's life, into church. We can bless someone with a coffee or whatever it is. But the problem is we don't have seed because we spend it all. But yet God's constantly speaking, oh God, I can't afford it. How about we just spend a little bit less? We just save and keep a portion aside so that when God speaks to be a blessing, we have the ability to bless in Jesus' name. That we'd live one hand full and the other hand empty. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. My challenge to us this morning, would we live life one hand full of the things that God wants us to carry, the other hand empty? Why? Because there's people in your world, there's people in your life, there's opportunities that will come before you where somebody has fallen over where their life was in a mess and all they need is someone to stretch out their hand and pick them up. Problem is when our hands are full, we can't help We can't extend a hand of help to somebody else because our hand is full of trying to hold on to things that doesn't matter. When we have one hand empty, someone needs a comfort, someone needs some love, we have one hand empty to be able to love on somebody. When God asks us to give, we have one hand empty to be able to be a blessing into other people's lives in Jesus' name. Are we accumulating on earth what we cannot keep? Or are we investing into heaven what we cannot lose. Are we accumulating on earth what we cannot keep? Or are we investing into heaven the things that we cannot lose? I'd love us to stand to our feet this morning. I'd love us all over this auditorium to lift our hands.
I love the honour to pray with every person here this morning that we would live a life where one hand is full and other hand is empty, where we would travel light. We wouldn't be consumed by what the world would say is normal, but instead we'd place Jesus in His rightful place. Come on, all over this place, can we lift our hands? Dear Lord, we thank You for Your presence that's here this morning. God, I thank You that You love us. I thank You for the plan that You have for our life. I thank You that You continually want to move us forward. Lord, that our call is too great, that our time is short, and that You are a good, good God. Lord, this morning I ask that You would help every one of us, me included, to live a life we wouldn't be chasing after what doesn't matter. We wouldn't be filling our lives with the things that don't matter. But yet, Lord God, we would be filling our lives with the things that do matter. Less of what the things that don't matter and more of what does in Jesus' Name. Lord God, I pray we would place You at the rightful place in the centre of our life. God, I personally and, and we as a church, we repent, Lord God, for where we've placed stuff ahead of You, Lord. Lord, where we've made a God, where we've made an idol out of that, where we've placed such importance on that, Lord God, and we've allowed our relationship at times with You to suffer. Lord God, we ask You to come back into that rightful place in Jesus' Name. Lord God, I pray every person here and those watching online would live a blessed life in Jesus' Name. Lord God, I pray they'd be blessed with health. I pray they'd be blessed with finances. I pray that they'd be blessed with some awesome stuff. But Lord, they would be blessed, not to hold on to it, but to be a blessing in the Name of Jesus. Lord, that we could stretch a hand out of blessing to people's life. In Jesus' Name. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.